Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. This episode is brought to you by my friend Kendra because uh, we were having a conversation about um, weight loss and she mentioned to me multiple times that she doesn't want to build muscle because she doesn't want to look mannish. And if you could see me right now, if you're not on my Facebook Live, you'll see that I'm actually putting the words mannish in quotation marks. Now, we know that I love to tackle misbeliefs in everything that I do. And this episode is no different because there's a lot of misunderstanding around muscle building and the role it plays in our health and sustainable weight loss. But look, I'm not just talking about women, so I don't think I'm picking on you necessarily because even in men, there are a lot of misunderstandings. So I'm going to discuss the role that muscle building plays in health and weight loss. How often should we strength train? How much muscle is too much muscle? How to gain lean muscle as we age? And so much more. But as always, before I get into the episode, let me begin by doing my most favorite part of the show. I don't think most favorite, actually, that's like a double positive, right? Doesn't make any sense, redundant. My favorite part of the show, <laughs> and which is explaining my purpose behind the Zika Health Show. So if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I grew up with really bad allergies and really bad asthma. And as I would, you know, the pollen count would get, would be, get worse, my allergies would go along with it, so I would did my asthma. So I'll go to the doctor, they, give me, they would give me pills, they give me a butyrol, and um, add beer and so on and so forth for my allergies and for my asthma. But when I was in my 30s, I asked my, doc- my doctor, I said, um, is there something I can do to get myself off this medication? And he didn't say much, he basically said no. So I started doing my own studies because I said to myself, if I stay on this medication, I'm going to be on this the rest of my life if I don't make lifestyle changes, right? So... I started um, reading books about nutrition and learning about lectings, learning about my gut and learning about, you know, changes I can do to really make my body more, make my body healthy. Maybe double these uh, redundant words today, make my body healthy. And as I started reading more and more and making some changes, I started feeling better. I started feeling healthier. I was using my medication more. My allergies wasn't bothering me as much. My asthma was bothering me. Because see, the one thing that I knew, even though I wasn't a doctor and I didn't have any nutrition training, I knew that my asthma had nothing to do with my um, fitness because I was always quote unquote fit for most of my adult life. But as I started doing studies, I started to realize that my asthma was tied to the health of my gut. And as I was eating foods that was damaging to my gut, my body would respond by creating mucus, which is a natural defense mechanism for our bodies. And that would make it hard for me to breathe. So then I had to learn to do things to heal my gut so you wouldn't have to respond like that. So hence, I wouldn't have the allergy issues 
And then I wouldn't have the asthma issues because they were all tied in. Because you have to remember, allergies may be common, but it's not optimal. You know, having asthma and other health, health issues may be common, but not necessarily optimal, right? So by learning to trade your, change your nutrition, learning to change our lifestyle, um, learning to do things that is healthy for our bodies, we can take our own health back. And the reason why I have the Zika Health Show is because we, across the world, we've gotten health, unhealthy, more unhealthy, more unhealthy every single day, it seems like. In fact, when we got into the pandemic, a lot of people are not talking about this. In the U.S., the obesity rate was at 31% and now it's at 42%. So it's even higher than it was prior to the pandemic. Even though in during that time, we should be getting healthier and improving our immune system. Because one thing a lot of us don't know is that um, I think it's 80% of our immune system, if not more, resides in our gut. And if our gut's consistently inflamed, from the foods that we're eating and the things that we're doing and the stress that we, we, we undertake every day and all the problems that we have, then we're gonna, our immune system is always gonna be compromised. So that's why I have this show. And what about to know that it's not even for, you know, I guess you say for profit, because of course, you want you do something, you do want a profit, right? So there's that side of it. But I want to keep teaching and helping others, let people know that we can take back our health. We can get better in everything that we do. And the clients that I work with, even people who are not my clients, always come back and tell me how much better they feel, how much energy they have, how, um, how more efficient they are at things, how sharper their minds are. All these things can be done by changing our lifestyle. Now, I want to connect one more thing with obesity. Because with COVID-19, yes, I dare say COVID-19, there's research, or it's just a research, I'll say um, articles from the CDC saying that over 90% of the individuals that are hospitalized with COVID-19 have at least one underlying health issue. And the median is about three per person. And the number one underlying health issue that's impacting people is obesity. And then there's COPD and diabetes, which are obesity-related diseases. And that's why my focus is obesity. Not a doctor, not telling you what to do with yourself, but I'm giving you the tools so you can make the right decision. I do have seven certifications in nutrition, fitness, and weight loss. Now, before I get to the next part of the episode, let's read the um, Apple Podcast Review of the Week. This is from Fallon7590. It says, amazing podcast. I've learned so much from this podcast and I look forward to each and every episode. Fallon7590, thank you so much. You are awesome and this is why I do this show. And if you get good quality content out of this or any episode, go to Apple, rate me five stars and leave a comment. Let the world know this show is awesome. And with that being said, let's talk about muscle building. Now, of course, we know that I like to start every show with some type of definition, right? So this this is going to sound a little little strange, but because we know what muscles are, but I want to break this down a little bit more. 
see, according to the dictionary, muscles is really, it's a band or a bundle of fibrous tissue in the human or animal body that has the ability to contract, produce movement, or in maintaining the position or parts of the body. So let me say it again, because I know I'll pause for a second. According to the dictionary, it is a band of bundle of fibrous tissue in a human or animal body that has the ability to contract, produce movement, or maintain the position or parts of the human body. I know, sorry, I just, I almost fell asleep reading that myself, but um, seriously though, muscles are vital for every movement and action in our bodies. I mean, you can't even pick, out a, pick up a pen without muscles in your arms, or you can't walk or sit down to eat without muscles. So if you wanna sit eating and watch Netflix, you still need muscles to do that. But muscles do a lot more than just move, or in some cases, if we sit a lot, help us get fatter. So let me start with this first section. One, did you know that muscles can help you lose weight? Yup, you heard me right. In fact, I enjoy the look on people's faces when I tell them this fact. So let's talk about how this happens. It helps you to burn calories at rest. Let me say it again. It helps you to burn calories at rest. See, one pound of muscle burns 6.5 calories per hour. One pound of muscle burns 6.5 calories per hour. Muscles burn 5.5 times more calories than fat tissues, which only burn about 1.2 calories per pound per hour. Think about that. It's insane, right? So just by having more muscle, you use more calories and you can burn more fat. That's why I tell individuals that two people can weigh the same, but their BMI may be different. I'm sorry, the BMI is going to be the same. Sorry, I said that wrong. The BMI will be the same, but the, um, the amount of food they need to consume is different. I can't, you can't, you have two individuals that weigh 180 pounds, but that doesn't mean they both have to consume 1,500 calories. It really all depends. And we've, I've talked about that in past episodes. If you haven't heard about my episode on uh, metabolic flexibility and everything else that we talked about, go back and listen to some previous shows and you will learn why those key differences are. But let me say this, if you want to burn fat by watching TV, or not, not, not by watching, but when you're watching TV or watching Hulu or Netflix, you have to build lean muscle. Then the pushback I get from females, AKA Kendra, yes, I'm calling you out. I don't want to look like a man. I mean, I hope you don't because I don't want you to. But I usually say a few things in response to that. One, muscle is lean and sleek. Next is most females and guys who are bulky, they train purposely to look like that. They put hours and like hours in the gym, literally hours, sometimes hours a day, and eat every two hours to build that, that much muscle. So I guess my question is, are you going to be up at 12 and 2 o'clock 
eating eating fish, trying to build muscle, keep your, your protein up. Then if you want to lose weight as you age, you need to build lean muscle. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. If you want to look, if you want to burn fat as you age, you have to build more lean muscle. Because again, the more lean muscle you have, the more body calories you burn, the more body fat you burn. But there are benefits of building muscle that's outside of weight loss. Building lean muscle is associated with getting stronger, fewer injuries, stronger bones, heart health, improved insulin, insulin sensitivity, aka type 2 diabetes, and the list goes on and on. So building muscle is an important part of weight loss, but it has way more benefits for your health and longevity outside of just weight loss itself. So by now, we know we need to lift. But let's talk about how often. I won't spend too much time on this. I have at least two episodes on weightlifting. So you can go back and listen to any of my very first episodes on weightlifting and the one on metabolic flexibility brings up weightlifting. And it also brings up cardio as well. So you can go back and listen to those and learn how much weightlifting might work for you in your scenario. But for the general public, I'm just going to say three to four days per week is ideal, which is around 45 minutes to an hour. That's about it. You have that kind of time, right? Now, if you're a bodybuilder, obviously you lift more. I mean, I'm not a bodybuilder and I, I live more, but I'm just a different type of animal. You got to ignore me sometimes. But this show is not for crazy people like me who are going to the gym and you know, staying there for hours. But it's for the general person who just wants to improve their health. Now, of course, it has to be a well-rounded program. Training your small and large muscle groups. My brother and I having this conversation the other day about training your large and small muscle groups. And um, when I first discussed it with him, he, 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 he wasn't trained like that. He was like, I wanna have big arms. I wanna have you know, nice, you know, nice chest, so on and so forth. But I taught him the importance of developing the small muscle groups to support your large muscle groups. And the way I look at it is, is like a table. I say the large muscle group is the table itself and the legs is small muscle groups. Let's say hypothetically, the top of the table keeps getting bigger and the legs don't get any bigger, it can't support the large muscle groups, leading to injuries and other health issues. So when individuals say to me, oh, I, I, I'm injured because I lift a lot. So no, you're injured because you lift incorrectly. So now, as I'm talking to my, my brother and I were talking about, he was um, actually teaching other people in the gym who've been lifting including trainers for years about large and small muscle groups because they saw the results that he's been getting over a short period of time. So yes, you have to build your small and large muscle groups. The next section here is how much muscle is too much muscle? There are two ways to really approach this. It can be based on preference. I know my notes said reference, but I really mean preference. 
it's perfectly fine not to want to look ripped. I like to look ripped, especially during the summertime, but that's just for my ego. But most people don't want to walk around looking like a, a Terminator or some type of machine, right? So for most of us, if you live a few days per week and eat adequately, you'll build nice, sleek, lean muscle, and you won't look like a Terminator from the future. By the way, if you're looking at me for my life, my drink of choice, because um, I'm coming off my fast, is my liquid IV that I talk about all the time. Absolutely love it. So I'm drinking that, getting my stomach ready for when I go eat at, after this episode. There is such a thing, though, as too much muscle. See, the more muscle you have, the more stress you put on your body, including your organs. There's a severe condition of having too much muscle called hypertonia. This is a condition where there's too much muscle tone so that your arms or legs, for example, are just stiff and unable to move. Now, I never want to be in that situation. As much as I work out, that's never my goal. And most people who look like that take steroids to get to that point. So again, for the average person, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, if you can really build muscle like that without steroids or without training a lot, you're just, you're, not, you're on a different level. I should be listening to you apparently because you're just on a whole different level. But for the average person, for the average Joe or Jane, this is where BMI plays a role. Because even with a lot of muscle, you're gonna, you can have a really high BMI, right? You know, how much you weigh versus um, your, your height. And if you have a BMI that's too high or too much muscle, essentially, you could be putting too much stress on your body causing oxidative stress and shortening your lifespan. Say it again. If you have too much muscle or your BMI is too high, you could be putting too much stress on your body, causing oxidative stress and shortening your lifespan. So is it worth it? See, I generally say that a BMI of 30 to, 30 to 35 can hinder longevity. Just to put it in perspective, my BMI is around 25. But 30 to 35 is when you're really getting up there. And uh, I'll put a link to a BMI calculator in the show notes so you can see that as well. Use it. I say if, you, if you're not familiar with what your BMI is, type in the numbers, basically your height and your weight, and you give an idea of what your BMI is. Now, there's more room for, let's say, your BMI is higher, but it is muscle versus fat. There's more room for that. And that's, um, that's, that's where you want to go. But even with muscle, you don't want to have an extremely high BMI. Lastly, I want to talk about how to not lose muscle as we age. Because this is a true issue. Because now we know we need to strength train. Now we know we need muscle, especially when it comes to longevity and burning fat and feeling, having more energy and everything else. But then there's an issue where we tend to lose muscle as we age. It's actually called sarcopenia. And it's not even a, um, 
I should say, it's not even a uh, severe thing. It happens to us all the time. So then it's tied into a lot of other factors. Like the, the main reason we tend to have more pain as we age is due to muscle loss as we get older. Our body can't really support itself. Our quads are not strong enough to support our knees and so on and, and so on and so forth. So going back to talking about sarcopenia, which most more than likely is the reason why you're you're you have pain, unless you only have pain because you know you had a car accident or something freakish happened. But for the average person, if you're losing muscle over time, it's it's uh, which is sarcopenia, it's usually the reason why you're having pain. So then we had to say that we need to then be careful of this and try to find ways how to how to reduce it right because there's a there's a research that's showing that actually there's a lot of research that's showing that the loss of muscle is tied into accelerated aging now i stopped for a second before i said that because i want to say this that we're not saying that your your um you lose muscle because you're aging or either either the other way. What I'm really trying to say is it shows that there's a tie between accelerated aging and muscle loss. So meaning that that could be a sign, but the, the rate at which you're losing muscle can be a sign of how quickly you're aging, shortening your lifespan. That's really what I'm trying to get there. So make sure I clarified it. So stop and think about that. Because remember, as we're young, it's easy for us to build muscle. So that shows young, you know, your, your youth and your vitality. As you get older, you start to lose muscle. So it's basically just, it's a sign that yes, as you're getting older, you're, you're aging faster and you're losing muscle faster as well. They basically tie in together. And if, just by every research that I've seen, link those two together. And that's the reason why Cardio by itself will never be enough for optimal health. So there are a few things you can do to start off, starve off, starve off sarcopenia. One of these days, I'm going to learn how to talk. I don't even know why I have a podcast, apparently. But one of these days, I'm going to learn how to talk. Well, what's the first thing you can do, I ask? Or maybe you ask? Well, weight train. Of course, I'm going to say that. Again, should be around three to four times per week, four to five minutes to an hour. Can't make it any, any simpler than that. Then reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. I have many episodes on these topics. And you can go back and listen to them. And I will have more in the future, and I'll bring on more experts and doctors and dietitians to talk about these topics. But this really means eating foods that are gut friendly and having a more favorable omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. I want to stop there and talk about omega-3s to omega-6. Because that's one of the 
biggest issues that we have, especially in the Western side of the world. Because excess inflammation oxidative stress is also connected to, to um, accelerated aging and muscle loss, which is also tied into accelerated aging. But in our diets, and I want to say this, omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Omega-6 are inflammatory. That means we need both. But now, when you look at most healthy diets, like the Mediterranean diet, they have a ratio of omega-3s to omega-6 of about 1 to 1, or sometimes 2 to 1, more anti-inflammatory than inflammatory. Really good balance there. More healing than what's causing the swelling, right? But in the standard American diet, we're looking at about way more omega-6, 17 or sometimes 21 to 1, omega-6 to omega-3s. Think about that. So the food that we eat is damaged, literally damaging our guts, damaging our bodies, cause us to age more, cause us to lose muscle, cause us to be unhealthy, causing us to gain weight. That's why, again, I don't just talk about calories. You have to know the quality of the food that you eat plays a really big role in your weight and also in your health. And inflammation, oxidative stress go hand in hand. So if you have excess inflammation, you're going to have excess oxidative stress. That's usually how it works. Oh, and before I continue too, I want to say, remember I talked earlier about my, um, my asthma? I had to eat foods that were healing to my gut because most of the immune system resides in your gut. And now I'm thinking about it, I think it's 95%. I don't know the actual percentage. I have to look that up, maybe put it in the show notes. But most of the immune system do, do, does reside in your gut. So if you don't heal your gut, you're not going to have a strong immune system. Can't have a strong immune response leading to more health issues, more disease, more sickness, leaving you more susceptible to virus. I'm actually surprised I got that word right the first time because that's one of the hardest words for me to pronounce. So I'm not going to try it again. But you want to have a strong immune system. You want to have a strong gut so you can age slower. I should say not age at at, at a fast rate. And also combat diseases and viruses. The last thing I want to say here, eat adequate protein. See, we now know that our muscles require adequate protein to build and grow. And generally, I try to eat around 30 to 40 grams with each meal. And if you need more like myself, you can go up to 40 to 50 grams per meal. Again, I, I train, I weigh train six days a week. I do cardio a few days a week and um, yoga and so on and so forth. So, you know, my, my situation may be a little different. But for the average Joe, 30 to 40 grams per meal is sufficient. So the moral of the story here then is you need more protein. That's what it is. You need more protein. That's the one thing I would say that bodybuilders have been saying, or even one that worked out for years. And it's definitely true. You need protein. 
And I want to say something here that is not on my script and I didn't plan it. But also I want to talk about carbohydrates because we get into the habit now where we're, we're afraid of carbs. We think eating protein, just eat fat. Well, unless you're on ketosis all the time, that's going to be challenging. And even if you're on ketosis, I want people to know that your muscles store glycogen. And by not eating carbs, you can actually lose muscle mass by losing your glycogen stores. So I'm not saying fill up on, on carbs, but I do carb cycling. And I've talked before on carb cycling on my previous episode. I think it's on my episode on metabolic flexibility. But I eat the majority of my carbs before and after my workout. That way, my body can use it to, um, to fuel my muscles through my workouts and for recovery post-workout so I don't lose muscle glycogen. Thanks for listening. Make changes as needed, guys. Guys and women. I, I, I need to stop saying that because I've said guys once and one of my female friends correct me. Say, I'm not a guy. So I'm saying men and women. Make changes as needed. And by the way, if you haven't yet, join the Zico Health Crew on Facebook. The Zico Health Crew on Facebook. Again, join the Zico Health Crew on Facebook. It's an awesome group. It's a private group. And I designed it for individuals who want to get healthier, want to manage their weight, or just improve their overall quality of life. Keep being awesome. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.